it was perhaps in about the year 2000 BC, on one particular day, that our father in faith, Abraham, with his only son Isaac, were climbing up Mount Moriah. They were going to offer a sacrifice. Isaac was carrying the wood, and Isaac was old enough and bright enough to notice that they were missing something. And he asked his father, here's the wood, where is the lamb for sacrifice? And Abraham said, my son, God himself will provide the lamb. Now, what Abraham was actually thinking in that moment, I'm not sure. Um, it would seem he was probably meaning to deceive Isaac, since he knew that he was under the instruction to sacrifice Isaac that day. But if that was what he was thinking, if he thought that he was speaking deceptively, it turned out that he was not. For when the Lord stayed his hand, he indeed provided the sacrifice, a ram caught in the thicket, who was the sacrifice offered that day upon Mount Moriah. Some 600 years or so later, the descendants of Abraham and Isaac, the people of Israel, were numerous, but they were enslaved. They were in the land of Egypt. And as we read in the beginning of the book of Exodus, they were being made to do forced labor, to make bricks, indeed, not only to make them, but to, to have to find the straw to make them with. They were beaten. Their children were even killed. And the Lord was planning to do something amazing to set them free, to move them out of their slavery in the land of Egypt, and to move them to the blessing of the promised land. This would be a defining moment for the people. It would help them to know who they were, and who they were in relation to the Lord, as they would say, what other God has ever done this for a people? To rescue them from slavery? They knew themselves to be chosen. They knew themselves to be freed. But of course, to get from one place to the other, from slavery in Egypt to freedom and blessing in the promised land, they had to get through some barriers. One of those barriers was the heart and mind of the Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt, who did not want to let them go. They had to get through that barrier. And then, as we know, they had to get through another barrier, one made of water, the Red Sea, something that you can't just walk across, and that they, in the midst of it, had to get across. How would they move from slavery in Egypt to freedom and blessing in the Promised Land? How would they get through these barriers that stood in their way? And perhaps we hear again that question. Where is the lamb for sacrifice? My son, God himself, will provide the lamb. There was a lamb. The Passover lamb, as we heard about in the first reading. In order to make that transition, in order to get through those barriers, there was a sacrifice and there was a meal. Passover lamb was sacrificed, its blood painted upon the doorposts as part of how the Lord was going to get through the burial of Pharaoh's mind and heart. And its flesh was eaten 
as the people prepared to make their journey from slavery to freedom. There was a sacrifice. There was a meal. A lamb was part of that sacrifice. And that sacrifice, that meal, would then be repeated ever after, every year, so the people could remember vividly how it was that they came to be a people, how it was that the Lord had set them free, partly by the blood of the Passover lamb. It was perhaps 1,400 years after that that our Lord Jesus prepared with his disciples to eat that Passover meal, celebrating and remembering again that great work of the Lord so many centuries before. But this Passover would be different because he was not going to only remember what had been done before. He was going to do something greater. He was going to bring it to its fulfillment. What? What, what could be the fulfillment what, wasn't that work enough? No one had done that before. But he had something greater in mind. He set out to free us from a greater slavery. Not simply to the Pharaoh in Egypt, but to sin, to Satan, to death, to what had corrupted the entire universe, to what did then and does now cause so much suffering in so many lives threatens eternal damnation later. He set out to free us from that. And see, he set out to bring us not merely to a blessed existence in a promised land on earth, but to bring us to the new heavens and the new earth. When all will be transformed, and there will be no more suffering or death, no crying or pain, but we will be with God forever. accomplish this move from profound slavery to profound freedom and fulfillment would require getting through some barriers. Once again, there would need to be a sacrifice and a meal. There would need to be a lamb. But this time, it would not be merely a little mute lamb taken by human beings it would be the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God, true God and true man, our Lord Jesus Christ himself, who was there himself this time as the high priest, who would offer himself as a sacrifice. Every drop of his blood of infinite merit in order to get through that barrier. This time, he would not walk into the waters of the Red Sea, this time, he would walk into death itself. And by the power of his love, would walk out the other side as the beginning of the resurrection. He would blaze the trail. He would lead the way. He would give himself as the perfect sacrifice to accomplish our redemption. He did this for us. He did this for you. And for me, there would be a sacrifice and there would be a meal. As had happened with that Passover 1,400 years before, so now in the fulfillment of the Passover, he began it with a meal. 
because it wasn't enough for him merely to open the way through death to the resurrection. He also wanted to stay with us every step of the way. And so he took ordinary bread and said, this is my body. And by saying so, he made it to be. And he took ordinary wine and said, this is my blood, and made it to be. And he told those apostles to do this in memory of him. So this could happen again and again. So that he could accompany us and be united with us in a way more intimate than we can possibly imagine. Every step of this journey, as we walk with him through this way that he has made, all the way to the heavenly kingdom. Every time we come to Mass, we come and participate in this great act of love that he gave for us. As he himself, the Lamb of God, not only offered himself in sacrifice, but offered himself as food for the faithful. And if that was not enough, what did he do first to begin it? As we heard in the Gospel reading, he washed his disciples' feet. An ordinary and necessary thing in those days, walking around in sandals over dusty roads. But it was normally done by a servant. Not by the master, not by the teacher. But he did it for them. An act of love, an act of generosity, an act of setting aside any pride because he loved us so much. And he says, so you also should do. And this is a lesson for each of us. Because we each have a share in this project, this journey, for ourselves and for those around us. We each, in one way or another, have the opportunity, perhaps many times each day, to wash another's feet. And so to enable them to make this journey with Jesus and with us. I think there's another meaning here too. You notice those words he said to Peter. Strange words. Once someone has been washed, he does not need to be washed again, but only his feet. We have been washed we have been washed in baptism, which can be done by the pouring over the forehead, but can also be done by full immersion. We have been washed by him fully. Our souls already have received the power of his resurrection. And baptism is never repeated. But we do return to confession to have our feet washed again and again by that gift he gave to his apostles, by our Lord Jesus himself. For the Lamb, the Lamb of God, not only offers himself in sacrifice, not only offers himself in a meal, but he washes our feet to make us worthy guests. And so let us, with great love, come, come again to this meal, to this sacrifice, 
is the lamb for sacrifice. My son, God himself, will provide a lamb. Behold, the lamb of God. <laughs>